You're listening to Cinema Red Pill. I'm Sharon. I'm Timothy. And I'm Joel. And we're back! <laughs> <laughs> we're back after a very long, long, long hiatus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a podcast with the three of us in a year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. hadn't had a pod- podcast episode in eight months in general. Our last episode was Shaka Zulu. Listen yeah. to that if you haven't. But we are back, and now we are back for real, for real, for real. <laughs> like, we will be bringing yeah. episodes for real, for real, for real. <laughs> and we are timing for us to do this in a second wave yeah. of COVID, which yeah. fucking sucks. But anyway, yeah, yeah we are back, and we are going to catch up on what we've been watching and want to highlight. It's been many, many months, but mm. having to select something that would be worth talking about, which has actually been hard. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because things are a bit mediocre. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they're trying. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there was the disruption of like COVID and people <clears throat> been going to cinemas as much. And mm. yeah, so even like movies were put off or postponed. So yeah, Black Widow, which has been delayed for <laughs> two years or something. <laughs> Might even be delayed further. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But is Black Widow supposed to be like that? Saving grace, though. No, it isn't. Um, and the, the delay is making it yeah, worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to have no hype whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel it just sucks. Like the only option we have, the the most people have is Netflix, and Netflix mm. is not like yeah. The biggest on quality, yes. so it's really just a sea of okay yeah. things. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> really, really just okay. Even the old movies they have aren't yeah. good. Yeah, they aren't. Uh, yeah, everybody's yeah. taking their libraries, but <laughs> really messed them up. <laughs> it's really, really not cool. Yeah. So options are really few, but mm. anyway, we manage. We're going to pick, uh, talk about three things that we've each liked, and um, yeah, talk about it. Hopefully make for a good conversation i think who wants to start timo okay so let me start it off uh I'll start us off with dignity man yeah i'll try uh i'm going to uh my film the first pick is going to be another round which i'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen maybe of like mm. foreign films you haven't even heard of it man. oh another round okay yeah another round is uh, it's a danish film that came out in 2020 uh, it's directed by Thomas Winterberg, who's like a well-known Danish director, but he has also done <coughs> plenty of other things like in Hollywood as well. So uh, in this film, uh, it stars Mad- Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, nice. Yeah, who has done a lot of great roles internationally in Denmark, mm. but most people I'm sure know him from like Hannibal, the TV show. Yeah. He was the lead in that, and Casino Royale, where he played uh, the villain, mm. the Chiffre. So... Yeah, and uh, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I think it was probably my best film from the year 2020, mm, all nice. the films I watched. Mm-hmm. And uh, the film uh, basically uh, follows uh, four long-time friends who teach at a school, but all live very complicated lives with uh, marital issues and lack of motivation in their careers and all that. Mm. Yeah, but they decide, uh, the interesting part about the film is they decide to like do this experiment uh, based on like I think uh, a theory fronted by I think a Scandinavian <coughs> psychiatrist, which basically said that if you have a certain percentage of like blood alcohol in your system, you're mm. a bit more loose, you're more relaxed, and As you enjoy life a bit more. Like you're more creative. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like uh, you enjoy like you're a bit more creative. Mm. So these four friends who are all teachers at a school, 
take up this experiment and they start like do, like micro dosing on alcohol doing a little bit keeping the levels right and they actually do see the benefits in their lives for a while mm. but later on in the film as they start to like let go of some of their rules they kind of like sink into uh, this gray area of whether it's alcoholism and all that and there are some devastating effects for some of the characters in the film mm. for taking up this experiment so mm. yeah uh, this film uh, <clears throat> one of the things I really liked about as I've already said is like how it explores uh, drinking culture which is like a big part of like you know society these days like especially amongst friends because mm. uh, sometimes you don't know if you're enabling bad habits or or if you're actually causing harm to a person through these ki- these kinds of behavior, so that exploration and how they show like there are benefits to like using like alcohol and certain substances, because they can help with like that social lubrication. People are a bit freer, can interact better. Maybe some people actually maybe feel smarter, more on their toes, and I felt that was uh, very interesting because different from the whole drinking or kill you substance abuse because they actually do show that with moderation some people can actually actually do better on some of these substances but then of course there's the whole part later in the film when they kind of like critique when you see these people going off on the deep end and how it affects their personal lives and their relationships so yeah it was very interesting uh, another interesting thing I really liked about this film was the acting because I think Mads Mikkelsen was great in this. <coughs> he starts off very depressed, and like you kind of see, there's a real lack of joy in his life. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, he slowly like starts to like bond with. Because he's a teacher, he's bonding with his students. He's teaching better. So you kind of see that transition up to the point again when it starts having adverse effects on them, and you actually do feel like they're actually being affected by the drinking, which was interesting. Because I was reading how that the director used to organize like these drinking sessions with the actors like before just to like get them comfortable with being drunk you know out of people when they get drunk they want to act sober mm-hmm. maybe become a bit uptight trying mm. by then he's like trying to let them feel free and get loose they also apparently watched a lot of <laughs> youtube videos of drunk people <laughs> so there's quite a bit of research that went into their roles i guess and okay. you could actually feel it like they actually did feel like a real group of friends who would had a history and probably would hang out together and drink so it was very believable and immersive for me to watch that uh, on, on a style level I think it was a pretty straightforward film it wasn't too much in the way like the director <coughs> did it he didn't try to insert himself too much but then I actually there are some parts like there was a really interesting montage in the middle mm-hmm. where they kind of show like all these world leaders <laughs> when they're like all drunk like they're showing <laughs> Boris Yeltsin of Russia with Bill Clinton and you can clearly see he's drunk and they're showing like members like big EU mm. big shots mm. like having like a photo moment and you can clearly see these dudes are drunk and just showing kind of like through history like even the most powerful elite people who you think are making like these great decisions for like <laughs> the world also in a way do get loose and are affected by this as well Mm. Yeah, so I'd say that's it. Uh, another, maybe another thing I would say is that, yeah, this film uh, actually did win quite a few awards. I think it won Best International Film <coughs> at the Oscars, the last Oscars. Yeah. It also did the same at I think the Baftas. I think film not in an English lang- in the English language. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it did quite well. Went around the world, and yeah, I think it's a very very brilliant film uh, from Denmark and. 
yeah not many people get to see movies from that part of the world but i think this film is like a really really brilliant example of like just filmmaking from other parts which aren't hollywood and mm-hmm. has a story which is very relatable to very many people dealing with maybe alcohol or substance abuse mm-hmm. yeah but also another interesting thing i found out is that they're actually making being a remake in hollywood yeah american remake DiCaprio is supposed to oh, be the lead so yeah i'm also yeah. No, I, I also don't know how i feel about that but yeah it's so good that you can see they're trying to like do a remake in hollywood like so that's just proper oscar be so right proper there. yeah exactly but <laughs> i don't that think I, I don't think it will be as good <laughs> you, did you guys watch that film it even became like viral <clears> on, <throat> on on the internet recently um you know the guy who did the square but his film yes. before the square ruben osland yeah ruben osland uh he did a film which i think even one one force major so force major yeah. they mm-hmm. remade force major yes. and it's terrible i haven't seen it yeah. <laughs> seen that one. and they made it a comedy and the <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it was like a really dark so, drama ugh, i don't have any <laughs> anything that yeah and it's, it's so annoying because really another round has done so well it's so watchable yes. why yes. would you even want to remake it exactly. maybe it was a smaller film that didn't yes. make it up. yeah didn't really like get the hype yeah Yeah. Also, it's a little too soon to be planning exactly a like right the year after you're already doing a remake in Hollywood but yeah it's I think a great film mm-hmm. uh, there's a really great scene also at the end where uh, Mads Mikkelsen because he in his character is a jazz ballet dancer or used to be a jazz ballet dancer but like at the end of the film there's this really great sequence where he's actually dancing with like his students who have just graduated and he's really letting loose and mm. even the final image is him like mid air jumping i think into like the ocean or the lake or whatever it was so mm. i think as far as mad michael films go like if you're a fan of him from like hannibal any of these other films like this is a must watch i think some of his finest work if not in my opinion maybe his finest so oh, wow. yeah i definitely recommend another round Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Sharon? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the uh, uh, movie, my pick uh, for first movie is uh, Cruella. Um, had no real hype for it going into it yeah. as a movie. It's yeah. just like, yeah, I guess a fun, look like a fun, like spin-off-y thing. I grew up with uh, 101 Dalmatians, yeah. the, the animated one from 1960-something. Mm-hmm. I've never watched the live-action Glenn Close mm-hmm. thing that a lot of people <laughs> seem to have grown up with. Yeah, it just wasn't for it's me. amazing. For me, as a child, I refused it in I my haven't. head. I was like, live-action, this weird Cruella. <laughs> like, she was not my Cruella. Yeah, I haven't seen the, the live-action. This was Oddly. my first Shame. Cruella yes. live-action. <laughs> <laughs> no shame whatsoever yeah. so going into this one like my reference point was the cartoon Cruella which is not too much character development there it's like she smokes a lot <laughs> she's crazy and she'll skin some puppies she's like wealthy or like had some inheritance from somewhere uh, so going into this one the way the way like I'd seen from the trailers looked like like Devil Wears Prada with some Harley Quinnish like things I guess thrown in there and I was surprised I genuinely enjoyed the movie like from start to finish like high high like uh, levels of enjoyment uh, it's a pretty contentious movie uh, right now a lot of people have issues with it um But yeah, basically the, the story, uh, Cruella is called, uh, this girl called Estella, 
Uh, she has uh, she she she's bored with like her hair split. <laughs> Yeah. It's white and black, yeah. but for me that like harkened back to like uh, like the goofiness of like a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, exactly. I felt like I was watching Edward like Scissorhands <laughs> or something, like something that yeah. weirdly stylistic. Yeah. So for me, I was just in. Like I get it's a thing either you're buying into it or you're not, and I feel like if it leaves you behind from the beginning, you're gone. Um, so yeah, she's bored with that hair. Um, she has this uh, she has this woman raising her a single mom. She's a very like problem child, very eccentric, very commanding. Uh then it I like when it went morbid and it's like she's responsible for her mother's death, like um we're going to spoilers, right? For all these things. Yeah. yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just like yeah, I like that they. It was also goofy as like Dalmatians that like killed her, <laughs> her, her mother. <laughs> and for me, that's the moment I was sold. I was like, this is some morbid, crazy uh, shit. Like pushed her mother off a cliff, and now she's an orphan, and now she's on the streets, and now she's dream of like uh, being a fashion uh, designer. And then meets this amazing, like Emma Thompson's character, um, the Baroness. I just loved. That was a delicious role. I felt like everyone in this movie was having fun. Mm-hmm. It's just this stylistic, over-the-top craziness. Lots of great dialogue uh, for me as well. Lots of fun dialogue. Because um, it was, uh, for me, it was like this bout between two horrible people, uh, equally horrible people. Because with Cruella, you see the Baroness is kind of like mm. uh, sort of mirror for like, well, like what she's going to become. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, growing up, and I got that. Um, so I liked the whole fashion war uh, yeah. premise yeah. <laughs> as well. Things um, I did read a couple of reviews where, of course, yeah, I was criticized for uh, being a little too indulgent as well mm. uh cuz i think we, we had like three like three scenes where uh, like like Cruella finds out that uh, this woman is responsible for her mother's death mm. uh this person she's working for the baroness her boss mm. and decides she's going to now like come at her and like get revenge or something and then she starts this whole fashion or sister and like show her up at like every event and which i really like that as well mm. i think the costume designer in this was amazing Mm. Everything was so inspired. The setups, the sets, the dresses were amazing as well. I'm not a fashion person, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, that is. Can tell the amount of work that went into that. Mm. And Emma Stone, who I've not mentioned yet, but the star Emma Stone is amazing. Powers her heart and soul into this character. Um, beautiful performance. Um, so the way yeah the story winds up, the Baroness revealed to be. Her mother, which I also really enjoyed, because um, again for me the Baroness uh, was is a person that I think a lot of people have met in the workplace. If you've been yeah. in the workplace long enough, you've yeah. met that egotistical, narcissistic uh, bleep of a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, this was almost cathartic because I was like, yeah, that's the exact thing that this boss of mine has said mm-hmm. has said in the past. Mm-hmm. I've been in this exact situation. Like for me, it was just that exact, that exciting, like uh, ride of a thing. Mm-hmm. And even Cruella standing up to her, like, yes, I've been in those situations as well, mm-hmm. where it just is a uh, clash. And uh, but yeah, when it she discovers the Baroness is her mother, and I don't know if she's going through some postpartum uh, mm-hmm. weird thing, but she mm-hmm. just did not want that child. Wanted it dead. Mm-hmm. 
was a very uh powerful moment for me because when i looked at the movie uh cruella was not this hero that i was supposed to look up to but like seeing uh, for me it was very much like the joker movie yeah. we're seeing the destruction of like someone's psyche So you have all these things happening to her. She grows up thinking she killed her mother, discovers her real mother killed her yeah. uh, fake mother, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also tried to kill her. I was like, of course that person is not okay in the head. And for me, I bought into that this person would someday be like, you know, I'm cool with skinning puppies. Yeah. Because, you know... <laughs> you've been through some shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 you've been through some shit. And I was like, yeah, and, and I felt like they did it in a very creative way. The way she also got her revenge was interesting. I had a very fun time. And for me, this movie was uh, like a high 9 out of 10. Just based off, off of the emotional journey that I went on. Because, yes, uh, the technicalities of the story, and uh, there's a lot of things you can pick apart, definitely, in there. But for me, I swept in, and which I feel is what a movie needs to accomplish for uh, for any audience. And I guess I was definitely this movie's audience, because I was just in, like, emotionally. I was not looking at anything else, no technicals, no nothing. I was just in the story, and I was out. And it's a movie I can't wait to watch again. to be honest so very surprising uh uh this this cruella uh, spin off um yeah 101 dalmatians one of the better live action movies i think that yeah. disney has done because uh, it's usually i mean the last one we had was like, what was it lion king i haven't watched lady <laughs> and the tramp the they had a direct yeah. to disney <laughs> live oh, action yeah. and mulan <laughs> i haven't watched mulan <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think this was one of the stronger ones, one of the better ones. So yeah, I had a good time. I recommend. Okay. I think we both watched it, right? Yeah, we have. I'm shocked that you got all that in the film. I watched it. I'm like, movie I just watched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Yes, I did attach by myself attached to anything uh-huh. or even uh, mad at anything. They, I think the only reaction I had is when on Twitter there was that part of the of the dalmatians killing her mother circulating <laughs> <laughs> so out of context yeah. i was so mad because i'm like guys the dalmatians don't actually like there's a, yeah, there's a theory behind yeah. it this is so out of context it's unfair yeah. to judge it on yeah. that but i'm like i don't care enough to say anything yeah. well, but well, i didn't feel well, i guess technically the the, the the dalmatians in the 101 dalmatians movie the parents their parents their killed her mother <laughs> <laughs> right Oh, but no. it's just but so it's it's a silly movie. Yeah, no, no. It's actually shocking they actually really did enjoy Cruella. Shockingly. And again, crazy. yeah, it's crazy, crazy because I think it's even like the first the first Emma Stone film I have liked in like forever. Like Yeah. Because she has been on like this whole run of like La La Lands and like yes. all these Oscar type films, but like it's the, I actually did enjoy and I think for me to, as you said it was very much from like a style perspective, the style mm. of the film. Mm. Those like questions like the this presentation was just trying to one up the baroness yeah. like those kinds of moments like they were just brilliant like i just like the setup and again you say the style it has this tim button almost like gothic like feel to it and mm. look so like i really enjoyed that it, t- it was shocking i went into <laughs> it thinking i'm yeah, just going to watch a film Stop 
but I actually did it. Thing, for real. Actually, no, but for real, like that's, yeah. that's what it that's what it was. Yeah, it feels like it actually it does feel like a Tim Burton film, but like I really did. and again Emma Stone, as I said, like maybe my favorite movie of hers in a long time. Like Wait, which I noticed she was an executive producer. Yeah. For me that also I'd yeah. like I get how I could feel the love of yes. the thing and, yeah. and I think that the, the love a filmmaker puts into the thing I'm always glad when it like really yeah. shows. Yeah. Because they're having a good time so you can't help but have a good time. Yeah. Again, very surprising. <laughs> entered in with no expectations, yeah. like the way you ended it with like that's a movie I watched. That's yeah. what I that's what I had signed up for. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll say I've watched this movie. Yeah. And that will be it. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah. <laughs> but def- but definitely I think it's like one of the better live actually because I've seen Mulan I think it's better than Mulan and like the Lion Kings that I've seen. I think it's I really think you guys uh it's a shame that you haven't seen 101 Dalmatians live Glenn action Close. because Glenn Close's yes. Cruella yeah. is the shame <laughs> no? and put side by side with yeah. Emma Stone's Cruella yeah Pale. She's not the shame. <laughs> but Emma Stone is baby's oh. first Cruella. Yeah. She's like Maybe she's the young Cruella. Yeah, yeah. Like Even for me, like on a craft point of view, on acting, screen presence, <laughs> Emma Stone does not have it. Oh my <laughs> goodness, people don't oh, really feel things no, I, about Cruella. I, I, I'm actually, I'm actually really shocked that I did actually like it. So Same. That's shocking, yeah. Genuinely, genuinely. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'll watch Glenn Close <laughs> yeah, at I some point. For, like, now that uh, Emerson has popped my live-action cherry with yeah. one hundred dollars, <laughs> maybe I'll get into it yeah. now. Yeah. But but yeah, I've, I've only I've seen clips of Glenn Close, and yes, she looks like she's chewing up yeah. all the scenery like that I'm is seen, in the shoot. Yeah. Looks like a lot of fun. Like I saw fun. the poster, and she was like just like the Cruella in the animation. Yeah. Exactly. So, but like, yeah. Just for for what this is, mm. I don't know. I really I liked it. Maybe it's because I've also been starved of like yeah. maybe the same material like over the past year. But when I watched it, I was like, oh, that's like actually yeah, surprisingly good. I remember relating back to the cartoon, like uh, her relationship with her goons, uh, Horace and Jasper. Mm. Like in the cartoon, like as a kid, I always found it interesting because like uh, at the end when she like fails, she's been ordering these guys around like they're just some goons she handled. Like uh, like picked up like off mm. the street, but there's a way they would like talk back to her and assert themselves that I didn't fully understand. Especially Jasper, like he tells her to shut up. Like at the end of the movie, when she's like whining about mm-hmm. like ah they got away, blah blah blah, and he's just like done and checked out. That dynamic for me played out well in this because as as not when when they start out the movie as friends and like equals, I was like, how is this going to like morph into? that relationship dynamic that i saw and i could really feel the emotional me- momentum with which she like bulldozed them slowly it's like she he, he gave he gave her an inch basically and she took miles and miles and miles and now they're just stuck in this weird cycle where he's also i guess slightly in love with her or something mm-hmm. so for for me that added like substance to it that i enjoyed mm-hmm. Uh, and I could like tie it again to the cartoon mm-hmm. <laughs> how it would like wind up with the, that Cruella <laughs> yeah anyway surprising enjoyment uh, yeah good Cruella. for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> indeed <laughs> okay uh, my first choice is the small acts anthology films by Steve McQueen mm. um, there are five films and all of them are great <laughs> I 
like all of them not equally but i love them all and that this would be my pick for my favorite from 2020 movies yeah like by and large and it, shocking because like there's this thing that's been a subject on the internet just a thing people say a lot like they can't manage films that are about pain and specifically about black pain mm-hmm. and understandable especially coming even from the pandemic like it is just just hard to you to just watch characters <laughs> not go, going through it so i was a bit in that fun that's when i was also watching too many reality shows entirely but somehow oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> somehow i started watching no more nice things and i finally got to watching the small axe movies which even showed on dstv when i still was oh, watching really? dstv they were on bbc they were mm-hmm. showing them like every weekend mm-hmm. So even the advert was there. So whenever I told Telpa about it, I'm like, yeah, I've seen the like the the trailer on 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 the internet on mm. the TV. So anyway, there are five films. One is called Mangrove. Another is called Lovers Rock. Another is Red, White, and Blue. Alex Wito and Education. Okay. Uh, so Mangrove is great. It's the longest one, and it's about the Mangrove Nine. I don't know if anyone watched the Trap Chicago Seven. No, the oh, which one? The yeah. Trap Chicago 7 Oh uh, yeah, Aaron Sokin, Sokin yeah. Tra- Oh no, Sokin I didn't, I haven't seen, seen it yet You should watch it, yeah. but like Mangrove is a better version of <laughs> <laughs> Because well, it, 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 And it's similar because it's a trial of um, Not similar because Trap Chicago 7 has like Seven white guys <laughs> oh. This is this is the Mangrove 9 The 9 um, It's a group of people Like I, I've always known the British had a black population But it was even interesting to get into Seeing stories about there's a what are they called? What is it? The, the Afro Caribbean. 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 Yes, but there's a uh, there's a term for it. I have I did not write it down. Yeah. I'm so sad. The but they come from Trinidad, <coughs> Trinidad, yes. and Tobago, yeah. yes. Jamaica, yeah. yes. and then they live in er- yeah. and then uh, uh, they live in different areas of the UK. Yeah. Mm. And this story takes place in Notting Hill and. I like a line where it's like, this is what Notting Hill looks like. And knowing that there's the movie it's Notting Hill. Hill. <laughs> I picked up on that. Just so like, white. Ah, this is the only thing I knew about Notting Hill. So to see this Notting Hill is insane. It's a funny jam. <laughs> it's a great jam. <laughs> um, this film has Letitia Wright, uh, oh, nice. who is great in it. And uh, also the lead character is uh, the owner of the mangrove bar and mm. then they plan and protest in front around like they organize at that mangrove bar there are black panther people who come to have meetings there sometimes and then they're being raided by cops constantly mm. and really like the most typical racist cops ever like really doing it for fun yes. on just that so one time when they're rioting the cops um provoke and then there ends up being chaos so then they go they end up taking them on trial then they show it but like a year later there are the nine of them on trial the trial session is insane mm-hmm. and great okay um beca- it's such an injustice but the way the characters are responding yeah. to it is so thrilling yeah. in that kind of way it's just so so awesome mm. so mangrove is great lovers rock which is many people's favorite mm-hmm. is so <laughs> insane because the entire film is set at a party and two lovers meet there and it's a reggae party i hate 
reggae music, but <laughs> this film made me see that the genre is actually a yeah. good thing. And like, I'm like, how is that possible? Because I was so nervous about watching this because I really don't like reggae. Like reggae bars yeah. are a pain to my soul. Because I just do not enjoy dancing to reggae. Because it's like one move. Yeah. I'm like, guys, let's, let's do other things. <laughs> So, it must uh, suck then that people mistake you for a rasta. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it's so I'm so I, I think anybody else, any other people who all I will call me rasta would be unamused. Yeah. Because I've been getting rasta a lot. Yeah. Oh my god, like I'm a, I'm I'm yeah, baby, yeah. my dreadlocks are for convenience. Yes. <laughs> They're functional. <laughs> Financially, yeah. everything. So, Lover's Rock is really great, and there's the best scene for me is there's a point where I'm, they're listening to the song "Silly Games" by Janet K. Yeah, and the beat stops, and then they just keep singing. It's so prolonged, mm. and it's amazing. I've gotten obsessed with that song just yeah. because of that scene for sure. Yeah. Then there's a time when they like get really there's a somehow the women disappear yeah. in the room most and then the, 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 <laughs> most of them and then the men are really dancing in this uncontrolled free way it's insane and it ends in such a painful and in scene because uh you realize that this is like their haven and then outside mm. they have to deal with whiteness mm. so it's really so mm. well done mm-hmm. and great and the people look hot and oh, it's nice. a yeah. sexy it's girl yeah. uh-huh. it's so good mm-hmm. yeah. they look really great it's yeah. just uh, it's, it's like I think I was watching it with people passing by and it was this constant thing of, oh I want to go for that party like that's what it feels <laughs> like when you watch lovers yeah. like, it's so good yeah. then Red, White and Blue is just about a cop a black man who's trying to reform the police from within mm. played by John Boyega standout thing for me is oh, John wow. Boyega is so good in this yeah. like Star Wars really does not use him <laughs> no, they, they shut on him they shut on him completely yeah. really this is where I'm like this man is talented yeah, yeah he is this one, there's a there's a film of his they're trying to remake that I've not seen. Attack the block. Yeah, Attack, Attack the block. The I haven't yes. seen that, yeah, but I'm like, great. this was my first time seeing real talent from John Boyega. That's really? so that's so that's so good to hear, man. Yeah. Yes. That's really good to hear. <laughs> um, Alex Whittle is um about a novelist who's then sentenced to prison after there's um like an uprising, mm. based on a true story. Really moving, great scene. There's a great scene in in jail where like the jail cellmate tells him to to also like educate himself on classism and not just racism, yeah. which is so great, yeah. mm-hmm. really, really great. Because of course, a lot of people read when they're in prison, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really really great. Then the final one is called Education, and mm-hmm. it's about a black child was being moved from like a mainstream school to a school for the educationally subnormal yet what? he yeah. isn't he isn't subnormal so devastating because they take you to the school and then it's being very rejected and then it's it's also based on fact because at that there's a point when that was happening and a lot of black kids were just being taken to these schools what? because the teachers didn't want to deal with yeah. them if you're and serious. all crazy 
I'm oh. fascinated to watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah it's, it, this, the, the entire anthology is just so good. Mm. It's so good. And I'm so proud of Steve McQueen mm. because this man, he really, his past films have gone too hard on showing violence yeah. in a way that I'm like, ugh, because yeah. he's done this clip that's uh, 12 years asleep. Way too brutal. Yeah. He did yes. hunger. Yeah. Way too brutal. Yeah. You really, it's like, do you like to <laughs> make me feel pain? Yeah. Even Widows was great, but it like, there's, he had also like a scene with gun violence that was a little iffy. Yeah. So I was, I'm so happy. This is my favorite of his. Mm. Yet I've liked him a while. Yeah. I even began to question if I like shame, the one about sex addiction, because yeah. it's, it's with time when I really got to think about yeah. it, I'm like, I don't think that film is great though. Yeah. Like there's a way he takes things just too far for yeah. no reason. Mm. But this is so, it's, it's, it's done well. It's not overdone. It's, it's just good. Yeah. Even, for example, like in Mangrove, there's a scene where the police is, the, is being violent to the people and he never shoots at them. Like, you just hear that sound. That's not what he would do in 12 Years as Slave. He would show you big, like, like he would really <laughs> go there. So I'm really proud of him to, to, yeah. to, to tone it down and really time. be more, like, subdued about how yeah. the violence in his filmmaking that's yeah, so how edge like affects some filmmakers <laughs> as well but if you look at like uh like my basic example is like uh steven spielberg you go back uh, <laughs> to like what like indiana jones 2 just bloody and like you see the production stuff is just his shirtless crazy haired young dude it's blood more blood what 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 then now he's like oh, i need something for my grandchildren what is it completely <laughs> different <laughs> person <laughs> So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. the more subdued Steve McQueen yeah, as well, man. I, I, nice. I really did also enjoy the Small Axe films, especially, mm-hmm. again, uh, Lover's Rock. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the music, I think, was brilliant. And just the fact that, like, it really didn't have much in terms of, like, plot going on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was just him capturing, like, all these moments, like, those scenes where, like, they're dancing, like, you know, really... No space for the Holy Spirit, like the Jamaican <laughs> dancing, like just uh-huh. the way he captured it. And again, as you say, the part where the men get really annoyed and there's like this mosh pit, and they're all like knocking, like colliding against each other and all that. I thought that was great. I also really liked the episode uh, with uh, an education. I think it's called Education, the last one, yeah. mm-hmm. because again, that was again. Like I knew this even before, but again, that was something that happened actually in Steve McQueen's life. Yeah. Where when he was young, I think they took him to like plumbing school, and he was like, like, I have no interest. Like I think they would have other classes, like things like arts and mm. music, were like reserved for like the white kids in the UK, the more privileged than the black kids. Like you'd have to do something like plumbing or the sort. And I think also his dad, the dad of the of the boy in this, was also a plumber. Mm. so I think yeah, maybe came from a very real place for him as well yeah. yeah then the episode with John Boyega was also great he was brilliant in it I really loved it and the whole notion the conflict of him either can you reform a system from within and if when you get in there and you actually do find all these restrictions and like all these things that are meant to keep you down what do you do and is there is, is change really possible even so yeah i really i really enjoyed that the mangrove episode which you said the first as well was also really good i loved the court sessions and it was great that there were some of some of the people were defending themselves in the court like some of these black caribbean I think jamaican uh, characters mm-hmm. and they're all doing it in patois talking <laughs> to like a very proper british judge on like the dock and it was just really brilliant like to see them 
owning these white people <laughs> in court basically yeah so i think all the episodes were great what's the other one alex witter also yeah, yeah also great just about because mm-hmm. the interesting thing for me in that was how he really didn't know himself mm-hmm. and how he well, he grew up in a foster home yeah. and he didn't really see his blackness till he actually began hanging out with black people mm-hmm. then you see him change like he comes with like a very i think american accent then it becomes like jamaican through the yeah. episode and he's now selling weed and things like that just to see that transformation of him trying to find like a place he doesn't know his parents he doesn't know if he's jamaican or african or but like he finds like a community and he like kind of like becomes one of them so yeah it was it's brilliant and as you say like steve mcqueen had been doing a lot of like dark stuff (laughs) a lot of despair but yeah there's like darkness and racism and like just evil people in this as well but there's like a lot of like hope and warmth and you really see that despite of all this, these people like they, they can't break their spirit. They'll keep, which I really loved as well. There's, it's very different from many of his other things, but yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So good. Yeah. Take enjoy. We are 37 minutes in Ooh. after our first choices. First choices. So, okay, we yeah, to we're rusty, rusty, rusty. We're going to have <laughs> to do a lot of editing. I'm going to keep it as long as no. it gets. Okay. So, I mean, but people like the, the catch up thing is. Yeah. Yeah. Just dump really the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> because, and we've been, yeah. we've been denied yeah. this yeah. for so long. Exactly. Yeah. That's your second film. So, year. my second film uh, is an Italian film, and it's Martin Eden. Oh, which yeah. Martin Eden, I think, because it actually came out 2019. It came out 2019, and I think it was actually short 2018, came out 2019, but I didn't see it till, I think, earlier this year mm-hmm. when I got it from you. So, yeah, I really enjoyed Martin Eden because, uh, first of all, like, it's not really a story with, like, a defined plot. It's more of, like, because it's based on an old book, I think, Jack London did like in the like 1910 or something mm. about like a writer a young man who's trying to become a writer and then all these frustrations and his growth basically becoming a writer so it's very much one of those movies where it's like you, let me give an example of like say, um, motorcycle diaries the che Guevara film where mm. you kind of see his growth like from when he's just like a normal person too and you see his ideas and his philosophies actually just develop or like him coming to coming to maturity as an intellectual or writer or something mm-hmm. of the sort. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was uh, it's an Italian film. Uh, I think the director is called Pietro Marcello. I haven't seen any of this stuff, but I also do know he was like a film essayist or something before, and yeah. he's made the transition into like film and he's actually like a big shot. I think in Italy, okay. yeah. And uh, the film has an old Italian cast. Even the main guy is Italian. It's not a very well you'd be hard pressed to find character actors you know in this film but yeah the story is uh of a young man who comes from a background of poverty but after an encounter with like a family of these literary elites like you know very well to do italian family he kind of also and he falls in love with the daughter and of that family and she kind of like encourages him to read more like you know he's like a very good looking guy but he's kind of not well he's not cultured and all that so mm. in her recommending like all these like books like you should read this and all that he really takes it up and he, like because he's very passionate about like his reading and whatever he covers that he actually can you see him grow as mm. a person and he actually starts to pursue a career being a writer as well trying to write you know like philosophical books like freud and all that kind of like psychological stuff but then like as it as it goes on again you later see there's a point where like they advise him like 
you should add like socialism to your writing because <laughs> at first it's kind of like intellectual masturbation what he's doing then they're like for it really mean make something that means something for people you have to actually like add like socialist stuff and all that so just seeing his growth like coming from literally nobody i think was working like at the docks or something and mm. then he grows and he starts reading and becomes this very cultured individual and he's writing and he's now like speaking in public debates with like workers unions and mm. stuff like that it was very interesting uh this as i said the story <clears throat> i really like the, his character and like his trajectory through the film because yeah, i think it's very relatable especially like with artists like in africa you come from here you don't really have as much access to say things like in the art world like as other people may have or people like white people people like in germany those countries which have these robust like institutions for culture so in a way like in africa like you always feel like you're trying to catch up you're trying to like mm. you, you don't you don't have as much of a connection so you have to do like the extra work yourself to like yes. educate yourself and mm. kind of get on power mm. on all these things so it was i thought that was like a very relatable thing then i feel also like the style of the film mm-hmm. it was shot uh it's shot in 2019 but it was it looked very much like a film like you know from italy in the 1960s mm. with like the film texture and like, you can almost see like the noise in the footage but of course it was shot on film as well and the director had to go like tweak things about it like you know color and all that but like all analog stuff it wasn't really shot digitally mm. and i felt like that really it took me back like to like all like if any great italian film that you've seen like from that era it looks exactly like it and i was just you know how he was able to capture that and it actually does suit the story because it's like set probably early 20th century in italy so Mm. you kind of like see the times change and like you see it's like when it's very fuzzy earlier on then you see them kind of coming to like the modern age and all that so i really enjoyed that um it also had like really good costume and production design just like the architecture the houses people are working in just the costume like the dress of like the everyday man in the street compared to like you know the elites of italy at the time mm-hmm. just those juxtapositions were just brilliant for me yeah um i, I don't think it really won like so <coughs> many awards it was, didn't get as much hype yeah but i know it premiered at venice and like the actor won like best actor or something but mm. i think it's a brilliant film like it's if you're really like interested in the story where it's just like the growth of an artist as mm. i say like something like Persepoli or mm. motorcycle diaries it's like re- a really brilliant example of like that kind of genre where it's not so much an outside story or narrative that's driving it but like the internal growth of the main character and how they come into into themselves eventually by the end of the film mm. is really what made it a great ride for me so yeah martin eden i yeah. recommend I saw it and I thought it was good. Yeah. I sh- I think it, it it never stuck with me really hard because I felt like it just did too much. Yeah. <laughs> like it had so much. Yeah. And <coughs> because yeah, he get, he he then gets into the elite class. Yeah. He's talking socialism. Yeah, then yeah. he's a bit anti-socialist Social- at some at point. At some point, then when then at uh, some time he's like a drunk, and yeah. then it's. It yeah. was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, like yeah. life. Eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It sounds like life, really. <laughs> it was just too much. Yeah. I, it became too much. I failed to find something to hold on to. Yeah. So that's how it ended up just passing by yeah. me. Yeah, the, like there's something like you need something to grab you yeah. properly. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to mention about that film. Yeah. Did you you notice that he was the same actor in the old guard? 
Did you watch the old guard? Yeah, I did, but I did not. He was one of the gay guys in the old guard. Oh, okay. And that is crazy yeah. to me because I'm like, this is so. He is framed completely differently. Like they make him so attractive in yeah. in in, in, in uh, Martin Eden. In the old guard, he looks like a normal guy. Yeah. <laughs> he has a Christopher Reeves look about him. Yeah. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Henry Cavill yeah. type. Prop, like, <laughs> just for some, like, the film to frame you just so differently, yet yeah. you are just a nothing, yeah. small, small character is crazy. Yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. It's mm. very much worth watching. Yeah, it's definitely a very so fringe art house film, but yeah, mm. I really recommend it. The next picture. Yeah, speaking of fringe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I finally watched um, uh, Sharknado. Well, I watched. Uh, you were serious. <laughs> no, it's <dead> serious. <laughs> um, so my second pick's got to be all the Sharknado movies, but the last one. Yeah. Uh, the last. Um, yeah, I just discovered is the last Sharknado. It's like, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a bit of diminishing returns when you get to the second half of this uh, two trilogy <laughs> epic saga. <laughs> oh god! But like the first movie, it was um, like just to put it into context, like yeah, it starts at a beach. They're obviously doing some kind of Jaws thing, but badly, really badly. Um, just the basics of like what you'd vaguely remember Jaws, about Jaws. There's a shark in the water, tucked a swimmer or something. That's a basic starting point and the thing the thing with these movies is they just start <laughs> like there's no there's no yeah there's no, no setup yeah there's no setup like oh we'll get to know these characters because like there's a main character who like owns a shack uh, like a bar like uh by the by the port like by the pier and yeah and he has this employee that's that wants to bang him for some reason and then the employee is dealing with this other dude at the bar this patron this old guy so he's groping her and it's played for this uh, cheeky laugh. It's like a really weird vibe. Yeah. It's like everyone's okay with a lot of weird, creepy things, but you're like, okay, we're you're having fun, I guess. So let's let's continue. <laughs> and then they don't explain why or how, but there's just a tornado coming, <laughs> and it has sharks in it, <laughs> and that's just what's happening. And the whole movie is just we need to survive the sharks. But then the main character has this hero complex. So the driving's like, no, I have to save. He takes it upon himself to save everybody that they come across. Scuba's hanging off the bridge with full of children and their teacher. I have to save them. Mm. These people by the bridge, I need to tell them to like leave because there's a shark coming. Let's stop the car and tell these people you need to evacuate. What? It's like, who are you, man? <laughs> it's like you're his bar owner. And so he's like racing to like get to his family. And I don't if you, I don't know if you guys remember any of the American Pie like actors, but so they have like the big star. Uh, this thing yes. is one of the obscure. Like she's one of the side the, the characters. Lady, yeah, 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 the lady, yeah, 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 lady Tara Reid. Tara Reid. Why yeah. are you calling Tara Reid obscure? <laughs> I want her not to even ask you about her. Uh, <laughs> she is. She was, she was like. A big deal at some point, maybe. At she some point, yeah. yeah. At some but point. I feel like it's such for me, it's such a deep cut. Maybe it's me feeling old now. 
so like, you, like for me it's like what that's early like 2000s yeah, yeah like, but she's wow. like she's like the Denise Richards type yes. like they were no they yes. were hot, they make you hot yeah. in a movie that's yeah. your role now like for me no Denise Richards is in a complete league of her own <laughs> compared to this lady cuz Denise Richards tries cuz watching this I came in with like oh I have these fond memories I liked her in those movies yeah. whatever it's like yeah. but she's just not trying in this movie yeah. she's just <laughs> vacant completely like phones it in yeah. it's like oh no the Sharknado's coming it's like just not try you know she's just checked out and she hates the leading man yeah. and they're supposed to be in a relationship <laughs> well, it, it works for the first movie because they are like supposed to be divorced so like yeah these guys hate each other it's fine but then these, the characters get back together as the movies progress because there's Sharknado 2 another one then they think it's Sharknado 3 oh hell no and there's Sharknado 4 The Fourth Awakens which I did not appreciate all the just shoving in Star Wars, Star Wars that doesn't <laughs> not make sense that did not make sense yeah. <laughs> Then there's sh- man. They they took sharks to space. Like for me, it was um. It felt like the the because I also recently watched like the Fast and Furious movies again. Yeah. Because I was like I was trying to like get through like like where where did the craziness happen? Like wh- how did you get to the yeah. point where I've had in Fast Nine they yeah. literally go to space now? And yeah, Sharknado has the exact like like uh, what they call that word uh, trajectory. As, as these movies and yeah they are what they are they're insane um, for me what's most entertaining is if you've ever been on a film production or enjoy like behind the scenes stuff that's for me the entertainment value in these bad movies yeah. is knowing what budget went to it, went into it in certain scenes you can see where they cut corners or there was like yeah. ADR here yeah. or this actress was drunk as hell in this <laughs> scene because like Tara Reid, like seems it's like this again is just speculation, but it's like there was one kiss per movie. She only allowed one kiss. It's supposed to be this loving couple. It's like oh we're back together and we're setting up our new life again. But it's just one kiss, and she like can barely stand him. You can like see it. She's not even. They're not even trying to act. They both hate each other. And like I think in Sharknado four or three. She was visibly drunk in, the, <laughs> in one of the scenes because yeah. she came up, she came out the door like smiling and emoting, and I was like, I've never seen her smile in all these movies. <laughs> and she's just loopy, like smiling up at him, and was like, no crap. <laughs> I think it was Vivica A. Fox, like at some point, oh one of God. the movies. She comes, I think in Sharknado Two, she comes, she comes back. Yeah. And yeah, it's for they make a lot. They have a lot of Independence Day people actually. Yeah. That movie because they they try to make like, this disaster spectacle. Oh, yeah. Neo even shows up in yeah. one of the movies. <laughs> I think it's like a Secret Service agent. Oh, There's a movie that begins this Sharknado three. They blow up the White House before the opening credits roll, and then you're like, "What is the rest of this movie?" Because it's just like, oh, I've got to like receive my award, which is this golden chainsaw. Some ridiculous, like an evil dead yeah, reference, I yeah. guess, to it's like I'm receiving my golden chainsaw from the president. Oh no, a Sharknado is coming to uh, to Washington to destroy the White House. So now him and the president are kicking us together. <laughs> and it becomes ridiculous. They, they add lightning tornadoes, uh, nuclear nados. Yeah. 
sand need like all kinds of needles it becomes like the one in space walk though oh my god the one in space they bring back this guy from uh baywatch what was his name the og guy yeah hasselhoff so hasselhoff is like hasselhoff is awesome he plays an awesome guy so he plays like the main character's dad and apparently he's an astronaut and apparently NASA has a secret space beam weapon cuz the way these things work they literally blow up the sharknadoes they blow up tornadoes oh, yeah, tornado. like they launch grenades into yeah. them fucking torpedo yeah. them <laughs> then here they need a giant space beam shoot them. <laughs> it's ridiculous one of the movies ends with Tyreed being swallowed by a shark and then landing on earth she gets swallowed in space and somehow she survived but when they're cutting her open to get it out, apparently she's been pregnant the whole movie. So first she she pushes out the baby oh. with the umbilical cord. She like to take out the baby that they take her. So she gave birth like mid mid fall. <laughs> yeah, mid fall. It's just ridiculous. Even the what's what's that kid? The Malcolm in the Middle kid. I think he like shows up for one of them. And he's acting too well for me. I was like, man, you're trying too hard for this movie. <laughs> yeah, we had two method and stuff. But it's so weird. There's, there's a thing where it's like these uh, magic mic guys. is where the Sharknado hits Vegas. This one guy like deflect. It becomes ridiculous. People start punching sharks. Because like it's sharks. It's in a desert. Like it's yeah, like it's in a desert. <laughs> so like the Sharknado finds this way there. Apparently, the way they explain it like in the third, I think, movie. Yeah. Apparently there are sharks that exist up in the in the sky, <laughs> and they're mutant sharks because they don't feed on the normal diet. They're the only sharks that eat birds, as opposed to like you know fish and normal stuff. So apparently there's an ecosystem up there, and sometimes it like turns into a sharknado, and they come down to feed, and they able to proper logic. Yep, literally. Yeah, because you'd be like, how they how they keep surviving out of water that long? Because they're just flip flopping around eating people. Is what happens. It's just more of like a person opens the door, sharknado, a shark like flies through the windows, just sharks flying everywhere. So I guess I guess this ridiculous point where people are punching sharks as they come with that high velocity. <laughs> I just have this guy awkwardly with really bad green screen punching it. It's when a guy like hits it with his crotch. This this uh, magic mic like does a shirtless guy like one of those Vegas places. Yeah. He does this weird Power Rangers setup and then he thrusts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh it's very mind-numbingly it's like it's fun being annoyed at this movie. Yeah. It's also a group movie. Very much yeah. a group. Do not oh, attempt alone. no. Yeah, like Do yeah. not. If you watch it alone it's just yeah, a bad movie. Yeah. yeah, you really yeah. yeah like you really cuz the whole thing is reaction. The dialogue doesn't matter. You can talk over this thing and not miss a damn thing. Yeah. Like okay, that makes it better. Yes, it's a very much like a party movie, a nonsense movie. It, I think it's a lot of fun for like anyone, whether you're super into film or yeah. not. It's just ridiculous, mm. and it's set up to be that way because they did have enough budget, uh, to like make it better as it went. But what they did with part two, they shifted the budget to like uh, like the Today Show, those Good Morning shows. They had like actual cameos mm. of these talk shows, oh. with and like actual news yeah. shows with like uh, actual weather forecasts with yeah. the real paying the yeah. actual personalities yeah. like in real life. So like that's where they decided to put the budget, but they're like we're going to stay on brand and keep mm. it that crappy level yeah. that everyone enjoys. 
but yeah great party uh film uh, i'd recommend them highly okay. i'm yeah. sure i'm sure like uh, the wakariwood guys like oh yeah oh yeah it's like it's like that trail i saw recently ebolarix a t-rex injected with ebola on the prowl i'm like yo oh this is hilarious Okay, um, uh-huh. my pick. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I, I thought you were joking when you said I really wasn't. <laughs> 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 uh, my second pick is La Vie Belle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Papa Wemba. That's the important thing. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> La Vie Belle translates to Life is Rosy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a film from DRC. Mm-hmm. Like Papa Wemba, everybody should know Papa Wemba. Yes. I can't mention the title of his song though. Like I would know the song yeah. when I hear it, but yes. to say a title yeah. would be I would be hard pressed. Yeah. But Same. Big big musician and um it's directed by two people. There's Mweza Gangura who's from DRC and then Binot Lami, Belgian. Okay. That must be pronounced in a yes. French accent. Yeah. I don't have a French accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Um watched it recently and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I really really liked it. Um it's about Papa Wemba's character. He goes to the capital city to chase his dream of being a musician, right? But there's so much in the film. Mm-hmm. There is so much drama. There's so much comedy. Yeah. <laughs> ah yeah 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 yeah. It's such a good watch. Yeah, uh-huh. And I think I I liked it a lot. I'm I'm going to repeat because I was with two of them while watching it. Yeah, uh-huh. And I'm going to repeat many other things. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> But one of the things I really dug about it is it reminded me a lot of Ugandan comedy. Mm-hmm. Um you d- <laughs> talking about Palm Magic. I don't know if you watch Mizigo Express. Uh no, just a few episodes. But you've watched yes, a few episodes yeah. yes, like yes, that yes. group of mm-hmm. comedians. Mm-hmm. They have their brand of comedy yeah. that I think it works well mm. a lot and a lot of the scenes in this film reminded me of that yeah. and then like the difference between this and them is it's shot well like there's no inkling of amateurness in the yeah. filmmaking okay. which then just catapults it to the, to a higher level mm. so it just makes me so eager for when we get there yeah. like because <laughs> <laughs> because we have the content but then Someone will shoot a camera and put it directly in the sunlight. <laughs> and you're like, why are you doing this? You're not making it easy. Let's flares. Yeah, let's flares. The stylistic flares. <laughs> I wish you could do it stylistically. Yeah. Gosh. And even like the crowd scenes, it's just there's actual people. Yeah. Like our crowd scenes, I always die on 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 several palm magic programs where they're in a band there are two people yeah. and they're the waiters yeah. and they're supposed to be party yeah, yeah. it's like guys no there's no there's even no sense <laughs> of yes, disbelief yeah. it's just every single thing is done right yeah. and there's really great choices made throughout mm. which makes it so so nice mm. so yeah mostly that and also i really was stunned by how much the film is so so sexual Oh. There's so much sex happening yeah. because there's a love triangle because Papa Wemba's character goes to um uh, uh a rich man's house and he starts working for him as a house helper and then he falls in he he ends up meeting this 
woman mm-hmm. with Rex I saw the <laughs> description and they're like a vaginal character I can't remember yeah. if they talked about her virginity in the film as yeah. well yeah they but did <laughs> so that's her character description is she's a vaginal, vaginal. oh okay oh okay Vagin. vaginal vaginal okay she was like a young bride <laughs> a young oh, young okay. <laughs> <laughs> was okay those days I guess Mm-mm. still like us today fucked up <laughs> <laughs> uh, so also and then his boss was really into her Mm. So it's really direct where <clears throat> there's even a point when they have sex and it's pretty clear yeah. but then it will always be in the morning and they just sit in there. Yeah. Mm. Then there's a, a also like the girl's mom or caretaker yeah. who is getting laid proper, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's proper insinuated it's really there the women are horny. Yeah. It's not <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> They're holy, they're dramatic. It's mm. really good, but not a single kissing scene. Yeah. Not even <laughs> one. None. Conservative wow. Africans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. Every time there's contention, it's like, I love you. Then they, the, the, the camera just <clears throat> goes on to another scene. Wow. And one of the things Tim brought up was how... Like, that in comparison to Viva River, which is like sexy. Yes, I guess what I was thinking of. Yes, yeah. yeah. times are changing. It's such a nice contrast to to put on those two, and I think you can find it on YouTube. If yeah. you just search for Live Air Bell, yeah. you'll find mm-hmm. it and watch it. It's really, really good. Of course, the music gets great. I think mm-hmm. there's a moment when I was thinking to myself, like, am I going to know who Papa Wemba is of these people? Because he, <laughs> he was so yeah. much younger at that time. Yeah. But he starts singing, then you know it's him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, really good. Oh, so it's an older film. Yeah. Yeah. It's from 1987. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. It's so, so good. Yeah. So no, I, I also definitely loved it mm. uh, but again I think I really liked it because of how it captured like a particular time of like that mm. Congolese music scene because mm-hmm. pa- Papa Wemba is the lead but the Pekale <coughs> is in it music and I think there's like a cameo from Shalamwana mm. so like the way they just capture like that scene and I think were they, were they probably still under Mobutu I think at, at 87 yes, yes, and he was so. like he, though he was like a dictator and a kleptocrat was stealing from his country and all that but like he really did fund like the arts mm. and music in Congo like he was a very big patron for that and I think that's it really helped their music as well to like go to like another level and probably be at the time the best music in Africa mm. so it, I really enjoyed how they captured that that scene at that time and just how all these guys with their bands and the Papa Wemba is playing a different person but by the end of it he's performing singing yeah. along and mm. I really love like just that slice of like a time in history that you you can't access or you don't know that well, but then now they come and just show it to you now in twenty in twenty twenty one and mm. yeah it was I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. it was a great film yeah great African film mm. yeah great African film but <coughs> of course not of course just when the credits start rolling most of the names are white yeah okay yeah, exactly <laughs> it's, it's definitely a, it's, one of those it's a highly white production yes. mm. at the same time yeah. yeah but again that's what i was saying like sometimes especially in the past like usually like i think it was like the outsiders who came and like maybe really paid attention because even i told you about rockers as well yeah which is like basically the same thing but now done in jamaica like in the i think early 70s when the reggae scene was really kicking off mm. at the time like they also did the same thing and it's usually like white people and I also imagine the same if it were to be Uganda it would probably be the same like see imagine like the Nyeginyege set up yeah, how yeah. they come and kind of like pluck obscure artists mm. because maybe them as outsiders they see something and they're mm. like yeah this is special <coughs> but like everyone else who's there like 
this is just like normal stuff and maybe you don't pick up on how magical it is mm. so like yeah. for the time i think like yeah then even being white like, i understand how maybe an outside group could come and say yeah, this is like a really cool scene and we should actually shoot it so mm. even them capturing it like yeah i just I, I give them a pass like i give the film a pass like i won't I'll, I'll say yeah it's white people who made it but yeah i think they captured like that time quite well without mm. bringing like any of their prejudices or anything and there's no white person in front yes, of the camera, in front of the camera it's very hard people. for them to do most yeah. times in the corner smoking yeah. a cigarette yeah. Yeah. like that's the direction yeah or a close personal friend and mentor somewhere and also a really good character the re- the short dude his uh, i think from the you know the batois yes, like yes, yes, yes tribes i think like that basically lived in this land of east africa of ours before we migrated from wherever we came from mm. that, Man, so, that character yeah, is treated yeah, so, well. so well and he's no, given so he much like, screen time and so his, well. he shines like he's killing his role as like yes, yes so it was like really it was a very interesting it's, character probably the best Crazy. Little person, probably one of the best I've seen. Like, it's not a mini me type of situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. he actually had a very good role in it, and he's like helping it's them so run things. It's so shocking. You'll be ready for some hardcore stereotypes for bullying him, pushing yeah. him, but no, especially like, that time. He, had, he, had all, he had all his dignity, like, in fact, and yeah. he actually enjoy his character. I like what you said, and yes. like, people don't be seeing that they are special but i feel like these days we know we are the yeah, shit yeah like that's <laughs> no, like, like, like right now i feel you are highly represented but hey. i think like for like the 80s a country like congo mm. like i think i think people there definitely enjoyed their own music yeah, but so i think like we. to take it to like a gl- like take it <laughs> abroad and like kind of say there's this brilliant thing happening in this corner of africa like yeah, it mm. may feel like a culture vulture type of thing, like you're yeah, mm. praying on, like, mm. yeah, but then I think if you can actually keep the authenticity of that world and, like, not put yourself or, like, your whiteness into it and you're just yes. being objective, mm. which is, like, different for, like, other, I think, older white directors, like Jean Rouge, yeah. who did stuff, like, in West Africa, but mm. it was very like ethnographic and he's the one narrating it oh and all that. Like, that's terrible. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah, terrible. but if, like, you just come and, like, see something and objectively like just show how magical it is like yeah but yeah, yeah and DRC people are just so talented yeah. recently at 32 we did like a, a video art screening the yeah. DRC films yeah. were insanely yeah. the most creative and by yeah. far the best yeah they are really really amazing yeah they have yeah. great culture like even just like all these statues <coughs> and stuff you see like fetishes yeah. around like yeah, dope, dope robot like on the, yes, in the middle of exactly, yes, yeah, like, <laughs> they have a weird like also the the wrestling culture like yes. have you seen those that documentary no i've not seen it oh man like they have a whole wrestling oh. scene like uh like a yeah. wwe Okonko style Okonko thing yeah Okonko but like voodoo wrestling where uh, they like yeah. the curses are also oh. like used as a weapon. this is <laughs> so entertaining yeah but yeah dc drc has such a different find very colorful yeah. culture, culture mm. yeah. and very gender fluid as well yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. from the dandies to all that fashion and all that everything. Have everything i think it's very interesting 
I want to talk about something. Um, I thought I remembered it when we were mm. talking about how the little person was yeah. well written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we all go through this thing where you're watching old movies, you just know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's telling of their yeah. time. Yes, and it happens a lot with the black and white era yeah. type of films from yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, the, like the, the shut up woman <laughs> backhand her. You're hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> watching black people show up a line of black singers show up that's supposed to that's be the, the rape of the theater a line of black people show up and they start singing and dancing yeah. by the way better than any of the things that the white people had been doing all along mm-hmm. and at the end then they're like at the revenge they also had like the revenge of the rape they shoot all the black people in the audience i'm like this is some racism no. i've not seen before <laughs> The movie is really scary. <laughs> like sure. watching old movies is such a yeah. risk sometimes because yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to encounter <laughs> such insensitivity yeah. in bounds that you yes. couldn't have ever imagined. Yeah. <laughs> not That's true. I'm like these people are crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that thing really it, you just be shocked when there's something sensitive actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Story I had. Anyway, what's your your choice? Tim? Okay. Uh, <coughs> I'm going to drop yeah, this one thing. I think I'm going to, my final choice will be a documentary. Okay. And it's Tina. Tina. Okay. Yeah. So Tina is a documentary about Tina Turner. Mm. Ah. It's a 2021 film and like I'm I'm personally a sucker for like these music documentaries, especially like artists who I like or listen to growing up. Mm-hmm. So like Tina yeah. pretty much tells the whole story of like Tina Turner's life from when she was young and her life in like the South. Mm. Yeah, all the way back then, I think her parents were like sharecroppers or something, growing cotton, mm. and just like they show how she got with what's his name, uh, Ike Turner, and they started the band, and then they show like how the music kind of grew and their brand together, and yeah, it's a really great like I think autobiographical like film, and Tina mm. Turner is actually there as well like telling her story, and it's interesting because as much as she has lived like this very like grand life with like all these twists and turns like i think of late she really like disappeared from like a public scene like i actually hadn't seen or even like even a picture like of her like in years mm. and you actually see this and you can tell she's like a lot older now she's living out in switzerland with her husband but i really like the documentary just for the music as well and the history like the kind of things they throw at you like how like Turner probably did the first rock and roll record and you're like oh okay then wow. you kind of like show like their relationship and how it grew like from this thing where they're like almost big brother little sister 
then how they go together like and it starts like bringing all this conflict between them and he's being the go deep 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 into his abuse mm. of her and how he was very manipulative mm. they also like scenes where they actually show him speaking like trying to like his rebuttal like maybe trying i think it's like from maybe past interviews and he's like just oh. being extremely insensitive completely unaware of maybe the the, the, the harm he caused the mm. damage he caused to like her in the past and it's really interesting they show how they came up with the songs the songs that did well mm. songs that maybe didn't do well at the time but eventually <coughs> later came, became good then the, later on definitely of course they get into the breakup how she actually was able to break up with him and then they get into like how this the era that most people know of Tina Turner around the 80s what's love got to do with it and mm. how that came to happen and already at the time imagine she was like an older lady mm. okay middle-aged woman she wasn't like you know there's a young singer a young singer she was like say in the 60s or mm. 70s but she was able to like rebrand herself and do more rock and roll and like actually have the biggest album of her career and actually maybe for the first time get her true essence out into the world and they also go into the film that they made and how she did the interview like exposing all of this so i think it was just a very great i think portrait of like her life yeah and then kind of like at the end of course she i think it's kind of like closure because i think she's like you know i don't like doing this delving into these things but i think it was like one let me do it one last time and like mm-hmm. people can get to know my story so i think it was just i'm, I'm i love music documentaries yeah. some are good some are bad but yeah, I really think this one was a good one for like a very interesting musician who had like a very interesting and complicated life and a very long history and yeah, it's I think it was brilliant. I really did enjoy Tina documentary. Yeah. That sounds dope. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I don't know how why it was particularly more devastating for me than most. Yeah. And I don't know if you watched the Britney one. No, I watched that one. Yeah, that's also like for me, like, eh, it was Tina was, her story is just so yeah, terrible. Yeah, it is, it it's is. What so, she went through was not so easy. Terrible. Yeah. Mm. And I think one of the scenes that devastated me the most was at the premiere of her film at Cannes. Oh, yeah. Wonder. It's so devastating that Angela Bassett film what's love got to do with yeah. it mm-hmm. and she's just so annoyed she's like of course i can't watch it i can't why yeah. would i yeah. and uh, yeah. and then i hated seeing the actors just smile about it i'm like what are you people yeah. doing it's yeah. just to me it's everyone at that table is yeah. no it makes no it's so devastating mm. but of course it's nice to see her like now she's yeah. there yeah. getting laid enjoying herself yeah. yeah okay that's good i think she renounced her u.s citizenship or something to, like she's not like a <laughs> no, swiss, citizen, <laughs> swiss citizen she's like enjoying life but yeah i mm. think it's i think it was really good like she's a very interesting character like in music history and I think, as you say, like it's devastating, like to see like the beginning and how talented she was, but maybe because of the arrangement with Ike Turner, she's not like as free as she should be for a person with that kind of talent. But I really like like the final third of the film when yeah. they're showing her like now fully in her element, performing to like record crowds at the time and. It's a, a, a sea of white people just like worshiping oh, this white woman, this black woman. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Like at the end, yeah, I could see how it was triumphant and how she actually does find love mm. with someone else and 
she's now living her life and just enjoying that but yeah it, it, i think it was difficult for her like even just like talking through some of the things in the documentary you could see her looking away yeah because yeah, i think there's a lot of pain for her there. yeah yeah but i think how also just sharing that with the world is great because you can show like in spite of all the adversity because the the part which i found that like really annoying was how like Aiktana basically took everything when they broke up mm. and the only thing she kept was like her name which is like i want to keep my <laughs> name <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and then she actually goes and actually does something of her own and like just has like a bigger album than they ever had and sells more than everything they did before combine and like in the end there's that like redemption that you feel like yeah it was a hard journey from the beginning from her childhood even mm-hmm. with her parents who left her and her siblings to basically fend for themselves but see at the end of towards the end of her life and she has kind of had the success she wanted and now she's just settled and doing her own thing was was very uplifting in a way at the end but i understand how like the yeah. stuff in the beginning and you're seeing how dark it was they're like oh shit but i so, like that <coughs> in like they don't make her repeat her words because yes. they use a recording from yes. the interview, the interview she did, she did yeah. talking about the abuse so she, yeah. they don't make her go through yeah. it again mm, yeah. that, that's how the doc does it yeah. which is so nice yeah, she mostly talks about the music oh, yeah. but another yeah. thing that i found so sad yeah. was how the beginning of her life with ike black people everywhere yeah the second half of her life, white, <laughs> white people, people everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> manager, who, oh, yeah. everything. White. <laughs> yeah. It's just so sad. Even her husband is a Swiss dude yeah. now, so like. Mm. When she's receiving her Grammy, yeah. she's really in a sea of white people. Yeah. And mm. you're like in the scenes before, even yeah. her band becomes white. Yeah. Like before she had like mostly. Yeah, but people. she was a powerhouse. Like just seeing mm. her, like the, vid- the videos of her, like dancing, like the clips of her dancing, and you're like, yeah, Beyonce just basically jacked this woman style technically like when I said like, <laughs> Beyonce like everything Beyonce does now pretty much like I could see Tina Turner was doing it all the dancing and the dresses and mm. yeah actually you see the comparisons and you're like yeah she's <coughs> been very influential yeah in many ways so nice yeah. Tina what's your final pick oh, my final pick is Invincible um Amazon uh superhero TV series um so it's uh done the author is the same one that did walking dead the walking dead so it's mm. another one of my favorite um series the author of the comic yeah the author of the comic mm. yes this one it's uh what's his name again uh pineapple express guy what's his Seth name Rogen. yeah Seth Rogen. <laughs> he's <laughs> producing Seth yeah he's Rogen producing thing. this yeah <laughs> yeah he produced the boys he's also producing this and yeah, Seth is doing the Lord's work, man. Yeah. <laughs> great, 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 yeah. great content. Um, this one I'd read um, where the season one uh, stops. I'd read just volume one of Invincible, like way back, and didn't go past it. Now I'm waiting to just go through it with the show. Yeah. Uh, the show is um, it's basically a riff of, of like the Justice League. You have the Guardians of the Globe. Mm. And you have this big Superman stand-in called Omni-Man. Uh, but now he has this uh, family, so which is also kind of like the Incredibles in a way. <clears throat> he has his family set up. It's like if Superman had a son. And now the son's like a teenager coming into his powers. And so his son is invincible. Um, so the way it like, <laughs> the way it like opens up um, is... Yeah, you have this whole setup. There's like a guardians of the globe they're saving the day blah 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 and then i think the first episode ends with the uh, omni man the superman standing voiced by jk simmons who is phenomenal just phenomenal actor um 
phenomenal playing psychopaths. I think the last one he played was a whiplash. whiplash yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just getting those same whiplash vibes. <laughs> He's just smacking the crap out of this kid. He's a very over plays a very overbearing uh, father figure. Um, trying to understand his humanity because the same Superman origin story if he's like an alien comes down to earth yeah. but like Superman he's like a little off mm. with understanding like human emotions and even the necessity of like humanity as a whole and I love the way this plot like unravels itself um, of course he had known it ahead of time but I like the way they play it out because they do stretch out a lot of the uh, storylines but I didn't feel like I was being drugged by filler at mm. any given point in time. I was like, everything uh, makes sense. I really like this space. Uh, so the plot is that his dad like turns on the guardians of the globe and like murders all of them. And you're like, why did this happen? Uh, what's this, 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 and this? Uh, so you have his wife who's human and his son who's half human and half um, alien. Yeah, half superhero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's like uh, you trying to come to terms with like, uh, why did Superman do that? And uh, you can't stop him as well. Uh, it, it it kind of, if you've watched The Boys, it also kind of harkens back to all those fears around Homelander. Mm. Everyone can tell his cycle, but no one wants it to get to that point because they're like, we won't be able to do anything mm. against this guy because none of these guys have kryptonite in these in these yeah. worlds. Yeah. So it's not like you can like, take a rock out yeah. and what. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like how grounded the story is, is what sold me on because uh, 2D animation, I wasn't sure what to expect. I've watched some of the R-rated um, DC animated movies which I think DC is a lot stronger with its animated I films. Love those movies. Yeah, than it is its live action films. Way, 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 way better. I wish you would just put over whoever's head producer that just manage the movies, the live action movies. Um, but this one, yeah, very much plays within that uh, pool house like really well, but also does it like way better. Um, because at its core, it's still a very beautifully written drama. It's just family dynamics. And any like if 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 uh, you've grown up with your dad, every son, you know, you know, yeah. that inevitable clash that yeah. comes with your dad yeah. at a certain point in time. And I feel like this played it out really well in this external way, uh, where his dad is like taking sh- like like when the the dad sees how strong he's getting, and you can see he's a bit envious. Like yeah. I like those dynamics. Yeah. Just like and he's like, no, it's like I'm older, but I'm still stronger yeah. than you are. Still the man. And he like keeps yeah keeps going overboard. <laughs> a few places i really liked that stuff and i liked uh because like uh, uh, omni-man and his wife uh, the superman standing and his wife especially i really liked the relationship because he set them up as such a great couple a lot of great communication feels like they really get each other seems like they're nailing it like really perfectly on so many levels and then it's like this thing with him like murdering people like comes out of nowhere it's like how so like wrapping her head around that and like mm-hmm. it's like who is this other person it's like what reason uh, could they have had for like murdering these people for our friends basically mm-hmm. and it's like is there any justifiable reason has he been lying this whole time has this relationship been a lie it's like who is this guy like I liked uh, uh, the psychology of that whole thing playing out um, so building up actually, uh, the high school drama as well was dope yeah. I'll say the the high school characters his, uh, his annoying girlfriend uh, Amber yeah. uh, the black chick <laughs> who they who they uh, race swapped actually okay. uh, for this uh, for they the series they race swapped in what way uh, she no she was, was white, white before yeah. 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 she's black yeah. 
Yes, uh, this actually enjoyed this version a lot better, the, the TV show version. Um, as much as I didn't like her, like I had to keep reminding myself this is a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> this whole time, whenever any of them would do anything, like Mark included, yeah. I'd remind myself these were teenagers and yeah, they, when the emotions catch, they go like all the way, like whichever day direction um but i like the interaction uh between them like she got with him only because he was like in demand now in this weird way there's like the foundation they built, they built a relationship on and also the whole secret identity relationship thing i like that she guessed he was a superhero like really yeah. fast and then she was pissed off that he was i guess treating her like an idiot but yeah. it was weird because he's put telling you the secret puts you in danger it's like a lot of weird yeah. uh, iffy things but you tell these also people that those are, it's one of those relationships that doesn't really last beyond yeah. high school yeah. uh, so it's always just on a short fuse um, I also liked uh, Mark's uh, best friend as well um, I think we've got it pretty used to it. it's not that shouty thing of like oh he's this orientation and it's such a big deal it's yeah. just kids yeah. being kids I, I like how smooth they were with that thing it's just yeah this is the way it is um but yeah the the whole plot with omni-man i love the build-up like the final two episodes are some of the best tv i've ever seen and the fact that they put it in animation actually allows the spectacle to play out a lot better than it would in like the boys or like i don't know if you guys have tried watching uh, jupiter's legacy on netflix uh it has been cancelled uh (laughs) it had one season Uh, it was like a cross-generational thing about like superheroes. So you had like this old legacy superheroes, very Superman-y, Batman-y, Wonder mm. Woman like stuff, other classics. Like, mm. oh, we're punching a bug lad, saving yeah. the day and posing for photos. Yeah. And then you have their kids in present day. Oh. And so it, it, that, that was a really good premise. Mm. Uh, the intergenerational politics, how the world like shifts yeah. and changes. Mm. Uh, it's I think it's well worth a watch if you're uh, curious and you have mm. time to spare. Mm. Uh, it's solid in a few places where it like fails especially now it's like the action spectacle because it does have the same aspirations as like a show like Invincible goes mm. but the effects don't quite land mm. as well and can look a little weird like the costumes as well look a little funny mm. and stuff a little too campy colorful yeah. um, but this one because it's like animation you just really sell yourself into like uh, this world like, yeah. you really suspend your disbelief a lot better um, but like the final two episodes, his confrontation with his father, I think, was uh, one of the most graphic, most <laughs> craziest things that I've ever seen. I think like the final episode was him just spanking his son like all all over the world, like the whole <laughs> thing, like gets his head, like because he's because uh, they they get into this interesting argument uh, which I enjoyed because the father is because he's an alien, he's like lived thousands of years. Mm. And with that immortality, it's like things become meaningless to him. It's like yeah. telling his son, like, these humans don't matter as much. Like, by the time you look 30, like, yeah. all everyone you know will have been dead hundreds of years. Yeah. Like, the perspective of things like that was very, like, heavy. And, like, this kid is, of course, being bombarded. He's learning all these secrets. Yeah. Like, you're this, uh, you're part of this alien civilization, and we're, like, invading the entire galaxy. And I'm here to, like, basically uh, lay claim to this land, soften it up before mm-hmm. the Empire comes and, like, smashes it yeah. through. Um, so I liked the the conversations they had at the end there and, like, why the sun chose to side with humanity yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, 
and also the fact that he was able to reach the humanity in his father like at the end there because the whole thing was his father maintaining that no he's like this superior race uh, yeah. alien his humans are beneath him he calls his wife a pet which I don't know if you saw those pet memes oh <laughs> 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 great memes from his show afterwards <laughs> it's like when you come home from work and your pet is waiting for you some shit like that uh, but yeah but his son like keeps calling him like you're a liar you're a liar of course you give a shit of course you give a shit um but it's also like the like for me the setup for it because this whole season felt like just one big setup for the bigger story because now the fear is that you have this empire full of like supermen basically mm-hmm. and it's like how are you supposed to you stop, stop that them, yeah. even if it like came for you and it, you could even appreciate the futility on the father's side as well of like even if i sided with you we have no chance at all like anything mm-hmm. so um i'm curious um it has reinvigorated my interest in that franchise and like i'm staving off now like reading uh comics like i want to yes, go I through this journey yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, it seems like uh, they said they have enough content for like five seasons i've already renewed it yeah. um so yeah i'm i'm all along for this journey a great fucking voice acting uh zazi beats i think is in here too mm-hmm. uh, she's from- the black girlfriend I don't... I think she is. I think she's a black girlfriend. Yeah, probably. I think she plays Amber. Mm. Uh, yeah, then there's Steven Yoon, who was in... Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah was in Walking Dead as well. Was it... That's the Minari guy or not? It's the Minari no, guy. I think he was, yeah. There as well. Sandra Oh, Mark Hamill. Like, a lot of great... Uh, just, like, stellar casting choice. Like, the, you could tell they put budget into it. Yeah. And Amazon really is just a scary production company. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, like, I think from the boys, from watching the boys especially, yeah. like, the music selections they use, yeah. like, who's paying for all this? <laughs> but yes, yeah, like, they have this collab with, like, Sony. I see Sony at the end of, like, uh, so it's just, for me, also crazy to think of, like, the heaven those producers must be in, yeah. where it's like, what do you want to do? Because it feels like Amazon just has an endless amount of, because, of course, they have a crapped an amount of money mm. but it seems like almost you have an infinite almost feels like these shows have infinite budgets yeah. it feels like they went as big as they possibly could mm. which is interesting to see shows go that far yeah. um but yeah invincible highly recommend for everyone mm. um i know 2d animation usually puts people off as being for uh, kids mm. is uh the first inclination usually comes in but this is adult as hell yeah. <laughs> And yeah, really great content. I'll definitely check that out. I like yeah. the, I like the aspect you mentioned about like the, the conflict with him, the the father being from another planet mm. and like softening up and yeah, yeah. I would imagine yeah that would be a lot of conflict. Yeah, yeah, a lot, <laughs> to, like, a lot of convince drama. either the son convincing him or him like actually changing and like what do you do from there? Like I would definitely yeah. be. All and literally the whole world is watching the conversation also the way they set it up yeah. so everyone has it's like they don't stand a chance against yeah. either of them yeah. so it's just this nail biting thing of like will the sun join him yeah, yeah, will the sun be yeah. it's like you know what are we supposed to do in this whole yeah. situation um, it's very interesting uh, politics is of course a lot of mini episodes in there I won't spoil a lot of fascinating villains yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um it's like this villain who like only trusts himself so like he made a clone of himself to work as a partner with himself <laughs> and they enter this weird death loop because when one of them dies yeah. then they make a fresh clone of each uh-huh. other yeah. and each clone keeps saying i'm the original <laughs> just a pathetic version <laughs> yes yeah, so it's like his <laughs> his arrogance also playing off himself yeah, it's very yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. Yeah. they have this robot uh character as well it's a little creepy i won't spoil what's up with him those are this Luke Cage-ish character. It's like I think episode two, three. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting, and it's like uh, it's it's a basically a don't trust strangers episode, but done with devastating repercussions yeah. <laughs> for it. Because his dad is like, this guy is asking me for help. It's like, oh, he's a bad guy, but he was just doing it for his family. And, <laughs> and the dad's like, you know, I wouldn't uh, involve myself with that stuff, but you know, I can't stop you. Mm-hmm. You learn your lesson. And he lands it really, really painfully. Won't spoil how. There's like a bunch of clips also lying. This show has such gruesome uh, deaths mm. as well. Um, yeah, don't hold on to anyone, really. <laughs> <laughs> Too closely. But yeah, Invincible. Great. I would see it a lot on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then I did try to watch it. Mm-hmm. I watched the first episode, like 15 minutes. Like when he starts practicing to fly with his dad mm. then i stopped but then i stopped mm-hmm. ah, i don't know i just couldn't i was judging too quickly i'm sure mm. we all do that sometimes. yes, yes. <laughs> because i'm like eh, this is really okay so this is superman this is wonder woman this mm-hmm. is now the one who doesn't have enough powers i'm like it's a repetition <laughs> ah, i don't want to meet new people <laughs> yes. doing the same thing i don't <laughs> So that annoyed me. Then the concern was already being annoying. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have the energy for this. <laughs> so I shall. But then I would still see people talk about it a lot. I yeah. really enjoy it. So one day I might try. Yeah, but just finish that first episode. All those people are complaining <laughs> about erased from the story. <laughs> and completely different things happen. Right? Yeah. yeah. It seems... Because yeah, I, okay. I, yeah, I think the worry... Because uh, it's the same criticism also people have had with Jupiter's legacy. It's like yeah. any other show that has come out after The Boys is like a The Boys report. Like everyone's just comparing it to The yeah. Boys. They're like, oh, so it's like The Boys. Because yeah. The Boys was the first one to like uh, do that riff of like we're doing the Superman, Wonder Woman, blah. Yeah. Mm. Learn critiquing that uh, that that comic book uh, zeitgeist of things, mm. yeah. But this one is a little more creative. I'd say if you watch, if you watch Jupiter's Legacy, it also goes in a few different areas. Uh, but the whole uh, superheroes being uh, being corporatized mm. is still very much present in uh, Jupiter's Legacy. Even if they do it as more of a cross generations, like as whole legacy of superheroes, like uh, over decades and mm-hmm. stuff, uh, and they're like kind of immortal as well. So it's like, it's interesting. They're just slight dips and turns. So I'd say also with both shows, yeah, I tried to resist the 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 judginess. Like Jupiter's Legacy, I'd say I struggled with it at the beginning. I was like, I feel like I've watched this already, but. You give it a chance, it shines its little independent thing. But I would say Invincible over uh, Jupiter's Legacy. Okay. Very strong. It's very much its own uh, thing. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I look forward to feeling like you do when yeah. um, 
when the last man comes out yeah i can't wait to watch that i'm like oh god i might might really hate it or really love it because i really love that comic book you know i have read it many times i love that comic book i know it through and through so it's going to be too annoying no pressure oh man. My you may not have a good time actually no problem <laughs> you're over, over. <laughs> you're over yeah. for me it's enough that i barely you. remember a few things <laughs> everything everything <laughs> no 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 anyway we'll see yeah uh, my final choice is a film called honey moccasin it's on youtube it's 47 minutes okay it's a film So I've been, I first went in a deep hole to find the right word to use. <laughs> no, it's either indigenous, native, or aboriginal. All words are used, but I don't know. I'm like, is there one that has been cancelled out for, for you? The, for, for the like Australian? The, no, this one's a Canadian. Because the Native Americans okay. are like, well, but the yeah, Canadians, because I'm... Indigenous, indigenous is a good blanket. It's a good blanket, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I personally don't like that. You don't like being indigenous. <laughs> I don't know, I, because I feel like so many people use it as a... Indigenous. Indigenous. Yes. You're indigenous to cover you. Oh my God. Well, how would I even do that? Like the word vernacular, I know it's a sport for us. Yes, vernacular so much. No vernacular in schools. Okay, so it's about, um, it's made by an indigenous filmmaker about the people. Mm-hmm. But she's as native, let me use native, about the native Canadians as well. And mm-hmm. the whole cast is native. And also the production was very native. Oh, wow. Uh, she's called Sherry Nero. And she's an artist and a filmmaker, both. And also it shows in the film, right? Mm-hmm. So this film is really nice. It's no it's not, it's, it's strange. <laughs> <laughs> it was made in 1998 and really on a small budget mm-hmm. and it's I f- I really liked it because of that. Mm-hmm. It does a thing that I have criticized Ugandan films for doing. Yeah. So I'm like point that out shall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that thing when you have no budget then you just get a manila paper and you put that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you put, <laughs> and then you put so like there was a road and you could really see she just got a board and oh, wrote the name, wrote the name. Right? <laughs> even like yeah, <laughs> even the bar like the sign post because the story is very simple yeah. <laughs> okay, the story is so simple it's yeah. just about she's a bar owner Honey Mokasin is a bar owner mm-hmm. and um, she has a rival bar Mm. Uh it's not a rival it's just like a small rivalry and also there's some native dancers who who dance like trying to uphold their culture and then their clothes go missing like someone keeps stealing their clothes like mm. that's like the highest stake in the film <laughs> so great. she's like oh no who done it and then it's very comedic there's where she's acting like those detectives in old movies mm-hmm. it's very cute but it's re- and then <laughs> like the signpost for her but is like uh cloth Like it's so it's done on such a small budget but then it also has some great artistry in it that's yeah. when she changes to black and white. But the film is really good. I think I enjoyed it in how unexpected it became good. It just started out as like a low budget thing trying to be artistic then it kept adding <coughs> elements that were interesting. Mm-hmm. But like there's a gay character, right? Mm-hmm. You see and you know he's queer the entire time. But and then after some time they they find out that the person who has been stealing the clothes is him because he's like a closeted drag queen mm-hmm. and she just laughs at him it's not insane it's just like ha 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 
funny. Yeah. And then they parade him like on TV to show that he was a thief. Because it was news. They like, have news on TV like they've been stealing. Mm. And even the, news, the TV station they film is something. They filmed for that film, like native something TV. Yeah. And also it, it looks shady. It's, really mm. like it's, so, it's such a low budget thing, but it works mm-hmm. in all its low budgetness. It mm. really, really works. And then the like her her daughter is a film student, so she does like a, she does some strange artist things for the people in the bar. Mm-hmm. And at the end, the ending point is her making a film about the drag queen character, which mm-hmm. is very cute. Mm-hmm. And he's a villain in the film; like they never make him nice, <laughs> like ever. Yeah. But it's 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 interesting. Yeah. I'd say watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You said it's on YouTube. <laughs> it's on Vimeo. It's on Vimeo. Vimeo okay. Yeah, it's on Vimeo. Share that yeah, mm. I, I, especially to see some of that stuff, like yeah. the sign, how some of the samples are made and how everything is pretty low budget. Then they have some music in as well, mm-hmm. and it starts in a really. It even starts off like it's going to be a thriller. Yeah. Then it gets musical. Then it gets comedic. Then it gets quite artistic. It's all around all in 47 minutes 47 minutes what yeah. so it's a short film technically oh short films are less <coughs> than 60 hour. minutes yeah. yeah so it's a short wow. film technically but yeah i've been like reading about it quite a bit mm. and it shows on so many festivals like mm. it's up to tr- like even in 2020 because of it being a film about natives made by natives yeah. mm. and having like um it, it because the story is not directly like oh look at the people they took our land yeah. because that's the story that people think about when they're thinking about the native populations yes. especially in those yeah. areas just the injustices done to them but because of how it treats it <coughs> it's a story about them and it's just interesting about them mm-hmm. it's really really cool mm. sure. i didn't know that the native north americans also had their little like movement as well like it's definitely mm. something i should we should people should like look into more because like yeah. if you're talking about underrepresentation <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like super <laughs> super like, i think also i guess but it's been so mini movement at that time because mm. i'm remembering i just forget the exact uh names of the films but there's a friend I met in uni who shared this a collection of of uh, Native American, like uh, like the Amer- uh, USA American, yes. yeah. yeah. And they had films made by Native Americans, and they were set in the reserves, yeah. starring this Native Americans. This is also Americans. set in the reserve. <laughs> yeah, filmed yeah. and shot in the reserve. Yeah, yes. and it was such a and, and it was passed because he was uh, he was telling me how fascinated he, he was American himself, but white American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I told me how fascinated he was by the culture. He told me how he had visited some reservations and he, he was curious by the response people had to his white skin as well. Mm. People were still like the, the kids the there, trauma. he said, still harbored like all that trauma of like, what's this white person doing in here? Yeah. Like, can't they just leave us alone already? Yeah. Like, they've taken everything yes. and they want to come here and like take this, yeah. this, this, this. Like, mm. so mistrustful. Yeah. Mm. Of course, yeah, he was understanding of that and so what motivated him to look for any films, like anything that could give him like. Yeah. An insight yes. into like the culture and like what's going on the modern day, mm. especially because <clears throat> I also grew up watching because uh, I was into westerns you a love lot westerns yeah. so much. Yeah. But they're racist as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
like yes, and of course when I was also playing as a kid, that's why it's the cowboys. Never, yeah, right. the, the, yeah. The, the Native Americans are like these the, the redskins, like those, like all those, yeah, yeah, yeah. all those buzz terms, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like oh, they're always like coming and they're like trying to disturb civilization, and they need to be stopped. <laughs> they need to be civilized. Yeah, <laughs> all that good stuff, but like. Uh, the, 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 these movies especially and sounds a lot like the movie you're describing mm. like it delved deep into like I think at the time they had like uh, problems with alcoholism especially yeah. it was they very rampant yeah they still do actually. yeah just very depressed yeah. lot of people like living in uh, trailers a lot of alcoholism they have very interesting also tribal politics because yes. they have their own like uh, elders yeah and hierarchies and people now who communicate to the outside world and they have the people that left the reservation and they see us too westernized. So I saw uh, there's a couple of stories in there, especially had those divides within families where you had the super westernized Native American who was almost seemingly trying to just pantomime a white person because mm. that's the sense of value that he had. Mm. Even like little things about, they would make jokes about how they grew up watching westerns as well, which I also oh found entertaining. God. But then from their perspective, they thought they were hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> And and also just like me, they were like role playing as cowboys and stuff. I was like not realizing how messed up that was. So I do like those. I want to see more films like that by all these disenfranchised groups because it's a very interesting window like that nobody ever gets to see of their societies because they're so closed off, especially right now. So yeah, I think they have a lot of great stories still. I'm very interested to see that one as well, man. Right? Yeah. It has reminded me of something because we even talked about like the Batwe type of population. Yeah. Mm. Have you been to the Kisoro border? I know I haven't. Oh my goodness. Mm. <laughs> I went there recently, like in December. Mm-hmm. It's so devastating. People really are bad to the Batwe. Like, what? Because they are so, yeah. they, are, they are way, they have way less income because they've been removed from the forest mm. to reserve the forest. Yes. Yet they do not have. I remember my dad was like, they was, it was just recent that the first person who's from the Batwe was educated, and they be because mm. they and they come and they be begging, mm. and the people are there trying to <coughs> sell you stuff like maize and whatnot. So mm. then they start hitting them and abusing them to go mm. away because they're like you're begging them and then yeah. you're making them leave. It's so oh, yeah. devastating. Like now, a population like that, yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't even. It, it, and then the, like the people who think they're helping, are <clears throat> helping because they put them in camps, yeah. just putting them on the side. Yeah. It's such a devastating yeah. thing. Mm. It is devastating. Internally displaced people. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's it's that where we went. We had gone to see the 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 mountain Mohanga, and right there at the border, there is that. The, the forest reserve, so that's mm. why there were many there. It's devastating. Like just thinking of yes, native uh, yeah. populations, and those are people that's their place. Yeah, and that's what they know. Yeah. Mm. Damn, damn, damn! Really, really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. Yeah. I don't think I even knew that there was a sort of native population in America for a long time. Yeah, this is a thing I learned recently, <laughs> like as a twenty-eight yeah, year old. Yeah. Like I don't, I did not know that yeah, stuff. They yeah. butchered those guys into yeah. oblivion. Like, exactly. Those, those are the biggest those genocides. Genocide. Yeah, those are the biggest genocides in the planet, yeah. man. Like them, the aborigines of Australia. Of Australia. Aborigines is, oh my god, the aborigines too. Yeah, like, I I know black suffering is always like center center stage, especially like in 
a lot of like discourse but like there are also other groups like, yeah it's not just black people like Yeah, Jewish like, or Jews, yeah, like it's also also the small the, unknown groups that you're talking yeah. about the even the Asiatic the and blacks all, like, exactly, as well, yeah, like right. wiped out. Man, yeah. <laughs> so they were saying, but watch that film because yeah. it's 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 nice and it really digs into. I think they make fun of like they don't make fun of it, but there's a way they treat the culture that's interesting. Mm. In that, like after they've stolen the 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 costumes, they mm. then make new ones with material that wouldn't even be in their culture. But they're <laughs> like, yeah, they do a whole modern show. Yeah. It's interesting. But it, that's also, that's also like the tragedy I think of like that lost culture because mm. even now I think we're also going to run into that issue like as our media progresses, mm. where we'll just be doing like. Uh, almost pantomime like di- like versions of things because you don't have all the information yeah. you don't have like the as- certain arts have been yeah. like completely lost yeah. to history now yeah. so i think that's also just the tragedy of like colonization and like uh, all, all these uh, massive invasions that happened in the past yeah. and i think also for me that is also interesting seeing how these cultures have evolved or are trying to evolve to become yeah. something else yeah. like the way you, you we have youglish basically yeah, yeah. yes like we're, we're not no no one is, no no one cares to speak yeah, yeah, proper no, queen's yeah. english yeah. Like, right. other than like back back in the day without yeah. parents yeah. Yeah. which i notice sometimes so they're like you've said that word wrong or what and i'm like i'll butcher this language with impunity yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I like it's it's almost like taking that sense of uh, ownership back, which I really yeah. enjoy. And I've yeah. seen also with uh, like in uh, the Indians also have like English as well. They have their own yes. slang where they butcher English a bit and mix. Yeah. So I do I I do like that the cultures kind of just evolve past the thing and yeah. still become their own thing. They become their own thing. That's yeah. really really dope. Yeah, so especially like Ugandan films I love to see more stories like that especially yeah. that really looking into how we were affected because we've seen we've seen more or less a bunch of uh, there was that era where there's a bunch of uh, colonialist history and yeah. philosophy like the the post-colonialist yeah, like writers yeah, and yeah. things like that yeah. but i think this neo-colonialist era yeah. is also a thing i'd really love to see like uh, yeah. investigated yeah. by like a bunch of uh, artists and really delved into because yeah. we have a special cocktail of things yeah here, right? <laughs> our culture is now brand yeah new, like, proper, proper. <laughs> yeah that's great Okay, we have gone long, but I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. like, is there anything you've watched recently that you absolutely hated? Yes. <laughs> Just one thing. Yes. What's Cats. Ooh. Wow. Cats. Like, that movie is unwatchable. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because it, it caught me while I was on that train of, like, you know, I was, like, in the mood for so bad it's good movies. It's just a bad That's, movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and after Sharknado Shark gave That's me way thing. too much confidence. <laughs> yeah. Cats was just bad. <laughs> and I watched, like, we couldn't hear we couldn't hear anything anyone was saying. First of all, like, the, the sound mix, uh. like, the lyrics of the music, it's just done badly. Uh. The green screen is a bad. <laughs> like, like, the sets yeah. are the CGI. Nightmare fuel. Yeah. Actual nightmare <laughs> fuel. <laughs> Idris Elba cut? I would yeah. never unsee that, man. <laughs> but really bad, because afterwards we're like, because I've never uh, like watched it. I know the cuts is a famous play and yeah. stuff. Mm. So I was like, is the show this, like, the show can't be this bad. Yeah. And like, we went and just watched one of the songs on YouTube from uh, the play. 
and we could understand what was hey. happening. It was like, okay, so that's the story. That's what was happening. And we also got, it was like this deep cut where the story purposefully had no main protagonist in mm. the play. So they structured it like kind of unconventionally. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. It's like this series of things. It's just like more about the community of cats than it is about anyone. Yeah, they and just then these, keep introducing new cats. Yeah, and I was like, that's weird, but I get it. And the person who has, there's a person who gets to the best story, the cat who gets to ascend or get Whoa. killed oh in the God. end, some weird stuff. <sighs> Yeah, that yeah, that cuts kind of the protagonist at the end. But I was like, okay, I get why it's like this in the play. But then in the movie, they put a main character in there to to <laughs> react to the other. That character who's just always reacting to the to the cuts, like, the ooh, the wow, the yeah, they're the one who gets thrown away. Yeah. That's made by the movie, and that's what made the movie trash. The movie is not watchable. No, hard not recommend like yeah. to anyone for any reason. <laughs> can skip it and be fine. And it's absurd that it costs that much. Yeah. That's the, the biggest disaster. Yeah. yeah. It's like a hundred M like yeah. going to hundred M. A lot of big names in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's one you don't like? Uh, I don't know. Like there have been a lot of mediocre ones but <laughs> not anything I really, really hated, but maybe I would say maybe disappointed a little bit, I'd say maybe Tenet. Mm. Yeah. I still haven't yeah. watched Tenet. Yeah. Yeah. And no. Little, no, because you know, I had a lot of hype for it, a lot of expectation, <laughs> and then I watched it and it kind of felt no, like it felt it's not a bad film, yeah. but for me it felt kind of like uh, Nolan trying to do like a greatest hits album, you know, like uh. there's a bit of memento in there, there's a bit of inception, yeah. and it's not like wholly like original compared to like the stuff he mm. did before, like Interstellar is its own thing, Inception was its own thing, like the Prestige is its own thing. So Whereas I thought this is like trying to like rework some older formula that kind like, of worked. So it's like Nolan doing yes. derivative the, Nolan doing work. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's not like a terrible film. But okay. Just like personally, I was like I was expecting something completely different. Like I know there was the whole reverse thing, mm. but in the end, it was it was not that interesting actually as like a concept. So I'd say like I, it's not a terrible film, but like in my ranking of Nolan films, I wouldn't put it very highly. Yeah, yeah. was it at the very bottom? Of course, it, it, <laughs> might, it might be going like I don't know, it's like insomnia. Or like Dark Knight, the third one. Hey, like, maybe it's like it's like going yeah, neck to neck with those ones. But yes. again, because maybe it's not, and it's not like the worst. Of course. Yeah, it's yes, because yes. Ref- it's a bit refined and all that. But just like me as a fan, like mm. felt very derivative of like his older stuff. Mm. So yeah, I'd say that was like maybe maybe my biggest disappointment. But I won't. It's not. A terrible film like I can't really but Cats was a really good pick because I'd definitely maybe go with Cats as well <laughs> yeah. no but that's interesting Disappointment yeah. was also good yeah. I think for me my worst not even disappointment like do you know where it's like this film is vile like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like where I was, I was to a point like Wrong for the world. Mm. <laughs> 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 like where? And it's called I Care a Lot on Netflix. Have you watched it? No, seen the poster. It's like it, yes. you could. It's directly inspired by Gone Girl. Hmm? Yeah. They they ah, have the they have the right? same actress, right? That oh, film. Oh God, R- Rosamund Pike. Yes. Yeah. Oh no. It's like okay. someone inspired by Gone Girl then tries to do Gone Girl. That does it so badly <laughs> that it is like I've, I've, 
never disagree. I hated the politics of that film so much. Like, I'm mean, this is wrong for the world. Yeah. Like, from the first sentence, it's just early on in the film. It's a gender wars film, really. That's mm. how you could describe mm. it. And that's not what you'd call mm. Gone Girl. Like, Gone Girl is... It's so very not to that. Yeah. It has a lot of, of depth. depth yeah. This Less. has zero. Depth. It was about two crazy humans in a marriage, man. <laughs> so the, it's it's in the beginning this when she's like, oh, she's she's being um confronted by someone, then she's like, Is it because I'm a woman? Oh, she no. says that like six yeah. times. I'm like, are, are we joking? <laughs> and what annoys me about that film is that, that people like it a lot. I've even spoken to like a friend of our, of mine called Tim, and he really likes it. Like, it's so cool. She looks so cool. And I'm like, no. <laughs> of like, do, like in a boss way. Like, yeah. oh, a woman being a boss. Yeah. Taking things in her own hands. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I'm like, okay, at least don't make her lesbian. Of course they made her lesbian. Of course. <laughs> if you're a strong independent I, woman, <laughs> you must be <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrong. 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 Oh my god, that film pissed me off. I, I, I was really... Oh, exactly. um, Pandering it's, was heavy. It's when it's... It's, it's not even a bad film. It's mm-hmm. just so wrong. Yeah. It should it it's ba- it's vile. <laughs> was it made, was it made really, by a man or a woman? Who was was it? it was made by a man. Oh, oh that's <laughs> wonderful. That <laughs> makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but I really really hated that film. Like I was looking through my list of things. There's not a film is bad because it's yeah, bad, yeah. Mm-hmm. but that one really. Ugh, yeah, probably, you, probably mm, something. Kind of really, like, really really really. It sounds like the politics of I haven't watched it though, but that the, I've, I've heard terrible things about the Batwoman series, CW, <laughs> <laughs> and I've just seen clips of the lies, but it's nothing but that. It's like no, it's like I'm, I'm a woman, I'm doing it better. It's yeah. like there's a Batman, oh, but she needs a Batwoman, like, <laughs> like like that kind of pandering of yeah. is it because I'm a woman? <laughs> I'm a woman, I can do this. This like there's so many lies inside of just one episode. <laughs> And of course, she's a bad woman. Of course, a lesbian, strong, independent lesbian. We don't need no man. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Anyway. Yep. So that has its audience, man. Right. Yeah. This has been great, though. Yeah. So good to catch up for two hours. Yep. Yeah. Good luck. To anyone reaches the end, but you yeah. made it. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. Yeah. We've not done this for a while, so we need this. Mm-hmm. We need it. Yeah, but this has been great, guys. Oh, yeah, it has, man. Yeah, yeah. We enjoyed it. And we'll be back yeah. for more things. More, more. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We shall plan. Yeah, this was just to get off the rust, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. so much rust. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours of rust. <laughs> Remember what it's been like before. Yeah. 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 Thanks, guys. This has been great. This is our episode. Watch the films we've recommended. Because they're good. <laughs> Most of the ones we talked about before in this yeah. last time. But yeah, this is our episode. I'm Sharon. I'm Timothy. I'm Joel. We're Cinema Red Pill. And bye. Bye.